0: For the last couple of days, I haven't felt good at all. I had a headache that wouldn't go away. My throat was hurting. I was sneezing, I was coughing, and I just felt bad, and I felt like sleeping. But I also became very irritable. And I know That irritability is a precursor. It is a warning sign that depression is creeping in. So I normally have a list of things I do in order to prevent myself from falling prey to the the negativity, the mental fluff that distracts me from doing what I know I should be doing. And that's things like going for a walk, meditating, but specifically talking to friends. But because I've been working for this new company, I think it's been five and a half weeks now, and I spend eight hours talking to people, listening to their problems. At the end of my workday, I just want to shut off my phone and watch something, go on YouTube. That's all I really want to do. And when you're sick, you want to do that even more and just stay in bed. So I felt unmotivated to do anything, really. And a certain friend kept coming to my mind. But I didn't reach out. I felt trapped. But last night, that specific friend DM'd me, and I remember just reading it and smiling. It broke me out of my mental negativity loop. I didn't feel stuck anymore. I actually got up, I moved things around, I cleaned, I ate some food, and then I called her. I didn't DM her back, I called her because I knew I needed to hear her voice. And I needed to interact with her. And it was an amazing conversation where I actively experienced the true beauty of friendship. And I got aha moment after aha moment as I was speaking to her. And I'll just say this. A lot of people have friends from their childhood that know them very well. I do not. Because... I was raised by overly religious fanatics, but not just that. Both of them had something off with them. I believe that my father was on the spectrum. I believe that there was something wrong with my mother, not just mental health. Because every time I would try to fortify a relationship and friendship with a kid my age, she would actively sabotage it. One of my earliest memories, and I know that might be hard to hear, but one of my earliest memories was being in the car with her. Um, she was driving, it was just the two of us, which was rare. Normally there was another sibling around. And there was a girl that I had started bonding with at school. Every time I went there, we would hang out, we would have fun, we would laugh, we would giggle. It was It was amazing. Um, and we were driving and she said, oh, so-and-so lives up there. I was like, oh, can we go see her? She was, she was like, no. And she sneered. Um, and then later on she came up to me. I don't know how long after that, maybe it was a week, maybe longer. She was like, so-and-so moved, you know, trying to make me feel bad. Like I was, that I was never going to see her again. And this was not just a fluke. She did this my entire life. So much so that when I was graduating from high school and all of a sudden she felt bad that I had no friends, um, she decided to put together somewhat of a prom and there was no one for me to invite. Except for this one person that I didn't truly feel was going to be a long-term friend. She just was like a convenient friend. Um, So my older sister brought around all of her weird Four year older friends, and I was like, Why are they here? Why are they here? I specifically told her not to invite them because I had uh, mutism, selective mutism, like social mutism. When I was around a bunch of people, I couldn't speak. And you would think, after observing me for many years, you would know that, and you would not plug in five other people who I didn't know to my prom. But nope, that's what she did. Um, And after that I was like, when I leave, I'm going to make true friends. I didn't feel safe to bring, to actually make friends and bring them to my house because one of my younger siblings was always inappropriately touching people. We told our parents about it. They didn't fix it. Um, so I probably in my tween years, I consciously decided not to make friends, um, because I didn't want to subject them to abuse and being uncomfortable and being inappropriately touched um, so I don't really have people in my life from that because the only, the only people I knew outside of my family were other religious people and so I have three of them on my Facebook and I haven't like DM'd them and had a one-on-one in years so I knew that when I got into my twenties, I was going to have to push myself outside of my comfort zone to meet people. I was scared, you know, because I was still dealing with the selective mutism that kept popping up. Um, but through working with other people, meditation, life coaching, counselors, therapy, I was able to speak and fortify. Well formulate and fortify uh, friendships, but most of the friends I have in my life that I actually believe to be true friends and I want them in my life for the rest of my life, all of them came into my life through some type of spiritual service I was offering. Either they came to one of my events, my classes, took one of my courses, took one of my mentorships, liked it was the dynamic was a teacher to student relationship. And I taught them how to meditate, how to trust their intuition, how to manifest. And they are living brilliant lives where all of their hard work is paying off. The results are showing. And I am thrilled for them. I'm not jealous, but I was embarrassed that some of the things that they were creating in their lives, I still was struggling at creating. And so that was another reason why I wasn't reaching out to certain friends because I didn't want to like talk about what was going wrong because I felt like they would be like, well, I felt like they would see less value in the courses and classes and services they had from me because I wasn't really always practicing what I preached and I wasn't always getting the results that they were getting. And I know that was another mind trap, (laughs) Um, but it was there. But what I noticed when I was talking to this friend was I actually have manifested what I wanted. I wanted equal friendships. I didn't want the dynamic to stay student to teacher. I wanted the ability to progress someone forward so much in their life that they became a peer. And instead of being embarrassed... By that, I needed to celebrate it. She is an equal partner in life now. She is an equal teammate. She knows what she's doing and she's doing it well. And so are my other friends. And so I was able to honor and appreciate and celebrate what our friendship has become Instead of hiding the parts of me that I felt weren't good enough to share. Because none of them judge me. They don't. And so, I just was tricking myself into absurdity. And I was able to untrick myself out of it. (laughs) Just by talking to her. So she's doing great in her life. She's manifested this new business that she's been talking about for years. Um, She's in a relationship with someone that she believes she's going to marry. Um, She's honoring her sacred African spirituality. I couldn't ask for more. She's healthy, she's prosperous. She's standing in her power and leaving situations that dishonor her. Every single thing I taught and hoped for her, every prayer, every prayer I prayed for her is being answered. And it just was beautiful to witness. I mean, you know, then I kind of looked at my own life as like, "Mm -mm." (laughs) I am not where I want to be in my writing career. But that's okay. I am accepting that my path is different, and also accepting that my path is a bit more complicated and complex. So, if you're listening to this and you're someone who deals with depression and irritability and getting stuck in mental traps that keep you from reaching out, and your default is to suffer in silence. Hopefully this podcast will remind you and motivate you and break you free from those ties that bond, that keep you back, so that you do reach out, so that you do talk to people. Mm. And I just want to quickly say, one of the other reasons I was afraid of like really getting friendships from people who signed up for what I was offering was because I felt like they would constantly need something for me, and that has happened with a lot of people. They're not really wanting to be a true friend. They're wanting to monopolize my time and incessantly ask me questions. The friends that I have in my life right now do not do that. They are self-sufficient in a way, so that they don't need a reading from me, they don't need advice from me, they don't need me to send energy healing to them. Excuse me. They don't need me to help them work out stuff. They need me to just be me and just talk. I'm a uh, sounding board, you know. So that's what I. That's what I wanted, and that's what I've created. The people who. We're like, oh, you know, we can be best friends. And then they aren't a friend to me. <laughs> Those people are not in my life. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> after speaking with her, it did give me a boost to recommit to some of my writing goals. And so I have five writing goals. I want to write conviviality, a shuddering at shook root, override, snow rises, and concave. And some of those are features, some of those are limited series, and some of those are actually a TV series. I want to have all of them fleshed out by the end of 2023. And I know for me it takes a while to completely finish the story. I don't know if it's just, I don't know if it takes me two years just because I had been starting. Maybe it'll take less time, but BTW, I'm an alien. I thought I was done it. But 48 hours ago, I realized that there was a part that I never added. I was literally walking from my living room to my kitchen, and all of a sudden, bloop, you never put that part in. I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) It's really hard keeping three and a half seasons in your brain and your brain's still problem-solving parts. So, there's a part in the script where um, Travis Nori, the main character, goes to Luscivilus and he finds out that Lucivilites use human jokes from popular comedians, but if they use them, they... They pay some royalties to the human. And so if the human ever comes to Lucivilis, they get to cash in on Lucivilite coins. And so some of them are really rich. And so Travis learns that he actually has a lot of money because Lucivilites have been using <laughs> his jokes for years. But I never actually wrote him finding out how much I just had the characters telling him so there was no reacting there was no reaction rather to him actually finding out how much money he had so I put that in there it was just this one little part that my brain was like make sure you do that so I did it and so now I feel like the story's done to the best of my ability I do try to like challenge that thought and just log in and Read a random action line and see if it really is good. Because I don't really do surroundings type of action lines, which I'm learning to do more of. I more so do exactly what people are doing. Like, he stands up and walks to the kitchen. That is a little bit clunky. It could be... um, he jerks up and stiffly struts or that he sneers or just something that's very short rather than talking about him in motion. I just overuse that in my action lines. So it's actually helping. I'm finding little parts that are not written as well as I would like for them to be written. And so I'm improving that because I do want BTW I'm an Alien to be made into either a graphic novel or actually an animated series. GG Family, Ghostly Gold Family, I want that to be made into a graphic novel and produced later on, but I want to start with a graphic novel. And then Karmic Bait, I want it to be made into a podcast. Um, It was always originally envisioned as an audio drama, a radio playwright, and now, instead of pursuing TV or rather a movie for that, I I know that I know I have to start with the the podcast, and it's easier to break into the in- industry doing podcasts. Um, so that's my goals for those stories. But I also want to. Find a manager, someone that truly understands, and honors, and appreciates my voice, and knows to, how to help me elevate stories. Um, because I have lo- loads of stories. <laughs> I will always dream. I was al- I will always write out my dreams. And I, I don't know exactly how to find a manager. I've been looking. I've been sending query letters. I'm going to continue to do that. And I don't think I've said on this podcast cast yet, but I plan to go to Hawaii. Um, well, I was planning to go to Hawaii, and then Mauna Loa was erupting, so I changed my plans, and now I'm planning to go to LA and go to different writing and screen-playing events, meet some people. I think Issa Rae does a few things there. Um... I'm going to be traveling to lots of different places. And so that was actually, so every December, I will do a ritual to close out the year and welcome in the new year. And normally it's a ritual that takes about two weeks, sometimes longer. And I meditate, I chant, I do prayers, I I do different exercises, I do different visualizations, um, I do a bathing ritual, I use essential oils, I will do a tarot or oracle reading to see what's going to transpire in the coming year, just to prepare, I will make promises to myself, I will do things to help me manifest what I want, just so that I can heal from the previous year, so that the next year can be my best year yet. So when I did this in 2021 to bring in 2022, one of my plans was to no longer make excuses about not traveling, to no longer be mad at the end of the year with myself by not going to Hawaii. So I promised myself this year I'm going to make sure I go to Hawaii. So when I moved from Vancouver, BC to Lilydale, New York, it was to buy a house here and I was then going to just leave all my stuff and travel. But as I've mentioned in other episodes, that fell through with the woman having a personality change because of dementia and not remembering things and just being crazy. And then I didn't really love the house anyway because she refused to send me pictures or maybe she forgot. I don't know. Dementia is a weird disease. Um, It wasn't the right house for me. So then I was just going to leave, and I was going to travel, but then I was pulled into working at the haunted hotels, and then that went crazy. Um, And then in October, I was going to leave, but then it didn't feel like the right time. I didn't know what I was going to do. So now, (laughs) I'm starting my ritual, and I am very confident that I will be traveling at the start of 2023. I'm planning to go to Florida, to Missouri, to Hawaii for a little bit. I was going to spend five months in Hawaii, but I just didn't feel comfortable. I didn't feel comfortable and confident doing that. Hold on. There we go. I didn't feel comfortable or confident doing that with the eruptions. So I'm just going to go there for a day, a couple of days, a week, two weeks, I don't know exactly. And then, did I say LA already? Uh, And then New Zealand. Hawaii and New Zealand are the main places I've always wanted to go. Um, Like the first place I ever remember wanting to travel to was Hawaii. So I'm really happy to go there. So that's my promise. In January and February, I'm going to be bopping across the planet. And then from March to May, I probably will be in one place, and I think that might be New Zealand. And then the plan is to come back and work at the haunted hotels for the summer season. But if something happens with my writing career, which is what I truly want, then I will not come back to work at the hotels, and I will continue to move forward with my writing career. Yes. And then let's say everything happens the way I want it to happen with my writing career, and I reach the level of success I want to reach, then the only other thing is motherhood. And all of my friends... That are around the same age as me. None of us have kids yet. And so I think that it would be great if we could all have kids around the same time and and raise them together. Because we have a lot of the same beliefs. One of the things that my friend and I were talking about was how weird the world is for the current generation. That there's so many suicides now. uh, Unintentional suicides just by getting weird images through social media. Um, I was watching the news the other day and a a couple was suing I think instagram for their daughter hanging herself because for some reason she got a self-harm video sent to her and she decided to play it out <clears throat> and I've heard that a lot 11 year olds dying from hanging themselves it, it's just ridiculous then there's overdose unintentional overdose deaths from getting some type of drug that was laced with fentanyl or something else, Um, anxiety disorders, insomnia, um, eating disorders, anorexia, and bulimia, I never had those things as a kid. I had anxiety because I think that that's like a genetic thing that um, I'm predispositioned to. Um, but I didn't have suicidal thoughts. I didn't have body image issues. I actually thought I was too skinny as a kid. Um, so I just wanted to put on more weight, which I have. And now, you know, maybe I need to lose a few few pounds, but not because I hate having the extra weight. I truly love my body at any shape. And I would only ever be with someone who would love me also in any shape. Um, so... We were just talking about how we would like to raise daughters, primarily, we were thinking about. But also sons, because they're developing a lot of the same eating disorders as well. And then just not having the ability to socialize, not having the ability to have conversations. Um, I... When I think about, like, dating, when I do start doing that again, I've only thought about dating people who were born in the 80s. Because anyone younger is so obsessed with technology that all they do is talk about their social media feed. And they don't, like, have thoughts of their own. They normally are just regurgitating and I don't like generalizing a whole group because I know that there's quite a few people that were born in the 90s and 2000s who are not that stupid. But when I was, excuse me, when I was dealing with some of the young kids um, at the haunted hotels, it was all social media. And the last person that I was in a relationship with who was not a a lot younger, but was younger than me, All he did was talk about Twitter or show me things on his phone about Twitter. And this was the exact same thing that everybody was doing at the hotels, showing me YouTube videos. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, get a newspaper, read it, get a book, read it. Excuse me. (laughs) Um, So normally I would stop this recording and re-record it because I've cleared my throat so many times, but... I did tell you that I've been sick, so hopefully you'll excuse that sound, because I know I don't like that sound. Um, So basically, when I do start dating, it'll probably be somebody in their 80s who knows how to have a conversation, but I have been thinking, like, how do I prevent my children from being like that, and being like, zombie, tech zombies, where all they do is repeat what they see, and they don't really have enough in-between time from social media to actually have a relationship with themselves and know their thoughts and know their feelings. So I would love, this is my vision, I would love to get a group of well-adjusted millennials or younger people (laughs) that are well-adjusted and have them make the agreement to raise kids together in a collective in a community. And then, you know, still let them, the kids go out and live their own lives. Like, I don't want to recreate what I had as a child, but I think it's hugely important with how the world's going, like implants in your brain, being on the moon, having civilizations on Mars, (laughs) having the metaverse interwoven into the physical reality. It's going to be very weird In the next decade and it might take me another decade to like have a child I might be 46 47 by time I have a child and I know the world will be will be very different so it's just something I've been thinking about it's also one of the reasons I wrote BTW and ghostly Gold family because there are a lot of child actors or characters in it and I address a lot of the problems with social social media Because humans have not evolved yet to really handle technology that well. So I'm hopeful that my stories will help the next generation and the current generation work through a lot of the loneliness, anxiety, confusion that comes with living in a world like this, in a world that will soon be. Anyway. I could go on and on and on. But I think that's all for now. I needed to just get it out, get it on my head. <sighs> Even if it's not succinct and not as clear as some of my other episodes, it's me. And so you get all of me, real and raw. <laughs> Until next time.